Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Theology in the Dirt. Theology in the Dirt exists to help us live out our theology in the public square of our homes, our city, and our world. And we're coming to you today from our worldwide headquarters of Global Impact International Restoration Rome in South Rome at 1400 Crane Street. Love for you to check out that website, restorationrome.org, and you can learn a little bit about what we do in the public square of Rome and Floyd County, and particularly our local engagement from our church. And so, um, yeah, and by the way, um, that song, uh, if you don't know, you need to repent and believe the gospel and go look at a little Boston and uh, learn something about some real music. And so that's one of my favorites of all time. So glad to add it to the mix of songs. Uh, today, I'm pleased to have a special guest here with us today, and it's Kayla Sander. Kayla, good morning. Good morning, Mitch. I'm glad you're here. Yes, I am too. I'm very excited. So it's uh, it's fun. We're going to have some guests in for the next few podcasts, and uh, and this one particularly today, we're going to dive in in just a moment. Uh, we're not going to do any of our segments on the front end, and my reason is I kind of am starting to hate them. And so <laughs> I'm just being real honest. Um, I can talk sports all day. I know that everybody listens to this podcast don't like sports. Uh, not everybody wants to hear our theological ramblings on overtime. I get that. <laughs> so we just want to get to the topic, right? Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about what we exist to do, and that is practice our theology in the public square of our homes, our city, and our world. Absolutely. And and today we're gonna tackle a question that we have from from a listener, uh, and the question goes like this: I've suffered from depression. For almost 20 years. Most recently, after a dog attack that almost killed me, I found myself in need of medicine to help my depression. I take Lexapro every day. I feel like the church has a stigma with mental health and talk therapy, and especially taking medicine to help with depression. What do you guys think? And so we've been kind of behind on our recording. Lots of things we needed to talk about. People ask us questions about, and, and, and finally, we get to this one. And so the first thing I thought of was, Kayla, you and I have traveled uh, in teams around the world to work. Yeah. Um, I know your story, you know, a little bit about my story. And the first thing I thought of was Kayla needs to be here to talk about this. And so I'm glad you're here today. Me too. And so Kayla, I'm going to, the first thing I want to do is you read the question. Mm-hmm. I read it to you before we started. Um, first, tell us a little bit of your story. Sure. And then give us some of your thoughts, initial thoughts, and then we're just going to go down the rabbit trail and and pick up chasing other squirrels and rabbits as we go along this conversation. So tell us a little bit about your story and what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm really glad to be here today and get to talk about some of this with you. Um, So my story, I've probably been dealing with depression for maybe 11, 12 years at this point. So it kind of started to hit me in college. And um, honestly, it just kind of felt like it came out of the blue. It wasn't surrounded by a circumstance or an event that happened in my life. And so really the first thing I did was I kind of turned to the cross and I was like, man, maybe am I just being really discontent with my spiritual life or it was really my favorite year in college. Honestly, like everything was going really fantastic. And so it really surprised me that I started um, feeling that way. Um, And so that's kind of the beginning of, of my story. And so yeah, I didn't think anything in my spiritual life was off that would have led to the depression. And so I did start to seek out some college counseling, um, as well as I started down the road of being on medication. Um, I have tried different medicines for those past 11 or so years. And um, July 1st of last year, I got to a point where I could be off medicine, and so I've been off of medication, all medication for a whole year now, which has been the goal 
And, um, you know, five years ago, I probably would have never thought that was a possibility for myself. Mm. Um, what precipitated you? Um, why did you make that decision? Yeah, I think ultimately from the very beginning of the journey of, of being on medication, my personal thought, or at least for myself, has been medication, I think, can help some of the symptoms or relieve some of the symptoms of depression, anxiety, some of those things. Um, but for myself, I didn't want to, one, maybe become, become dependent on medication. I also didn't want it to mask what I was actually maybe experiencing and feeling. Mm. But I was in such a, a deep pit for a long time, honestly, that um, I did need to be on medicine for a while. I needed something to alleviate some of those symptoms um, or at least help them a little bit, but it was a really difficult journey because I never found a medication that really worked for me really well that um, alleviated some of that pain from depression where I felt like I was thriving, like I was just always in survival mode. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you know, about two, three years ago, I started to start to feel better and everything. And again, kind of got to a point and it wasn't from the medicine. Again, I wasn't really seeing a lot of fruit from the medicine, but, um, yeah, it just got to a point where I was like, I really want to try and get off of this. It's not really help being on it. You have horrible side effects a lot of times on these medications. And so I just wanted to see like what it would be like to be off of the medicine. What could I do instead of medication? Um, exercise. Um, I've been going to Christian counseling these whole 10 years, and that's been a really big part of my journey. And so I wanted to see if I could just work in those areas and not be on the medication. Right. So you're a college athlete. You're a swimmer. Yes. And and this just came out of nowhere. Now, you and I have had some discussions. We don't need to go. Not, you and I have talked. Gosh, I remember one, one particular conversation. We were in a foreign country, mm-hmm. and we were we were walking through a college campus, praying for this campus, and and we we were thirsty, and we stopped to get something to drink, and we had a conversation, and um, and I remember uh, us talking. We're going on some rabbit trails of just history. Yeah. So, um, in your evaluation of how this came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. what like you said, is like you can't you can't put your finger on a spot. Right. Yeah. What's the best you can do as far as because I'm I'm with you and I'll tell some of my story here in a few minutes, but um I'm still trying to pinpoint for myself where did things get off yeah the rails and I don't have an answer. Mm-hmm. Um I could feel that there were things I think that were precursors to it getting mm-hmm. bad. I didn't yeah. know that's what they were mm-hmm. until it got bad, but h- how? Like what's your best guess? You know, and it is difficult, say, with depression. I also deal with anxiety. Um, I think I've had ADHD since I was a child. It's harder to pinpoint that in girls usually. There's also a possibility in women you can start ADHD in, like, your early 20s. So there's also wow. a possibility of having it as an, starting as an adult. Um, I also have some sleep disorders. And so all these things can be connected. And right. so for me, part of my journey has kind of been, man, I want to not just treat the symptoms because depression could be a symptom of a sleep disorder. Right. Depression could be a symptom of ADHD. And so for me, it's, I've wanted to get to the root of the problem. Right. Not even if I could fix that problem. <laughs> for me, I just want to know the why. Right. And sometimes we don't always get that answer. True. But I've been trying to search kind of the why and just, I think, to better understand myself as a person 
has been a big part of this journey is just, I want to understand like, why am I this way? You know, why do I function this way? Why are my thought processes this way? Right. My behaviors, things like that. Mm. Um, and so the best I can at this point in my journey, um, yeah, I'm wondering if some of it has to do with some ADHD. Um, again, you know, I don't think I've had any big, you know, childhood traumas and stuff like that. But, you know, things happen to us as children and it might seem sure. really minor thinking about it back to that moment as an adult, but it could have been a turning point sometimes. Right. Um, so maybe it was something like that. That That's that's neat. I, I, um, I think um, you said the, the T word trauma. And I, mm-hmm. I for me, uh, there was a lot of childhood trauma. Yeah. Um, I learned, uh, I learned to be cold. I learned how to not emote nor mm-hmm. feel emotion. Um, what I learned as an adult is that that doesn't just go away. Yeah. There's no such thing uh, in the human body. God wired it to work this way, right? So, I mean, this is, we're dealing with God's wiring. He put us together in a certain way, and he didn't put us together to handle sin. Mm-hmm. Sin's an, it's a foreign intruder. The curse is a foreign invader. And so um, we weren't designed to be hurt and wounded uh, and abused and all manner of things. And so um, I used to think as long as I didn't feel that and could and, and I still don't know as a kid how I learned to do this. I think it's just the miraculous instincts that mm-hmm. God wired in the body to handle things. But I would I learned to my language would push it down. Mm-hmm. The problem is when you push anything down, it doesn't go anywhere. Right. It just stays there. Um, and it, it's been, a for me, a two-year process of learning how to distinguish between emotions. Mm-hmm. I know that's weird for some people. It's like I didn't know the difference between anger, sadness, fear. No, I couldn't tell you what any of those were, mm-hmm. just this rising thing. And it would like, it freaked me out. And so I just suppress it yeah. until you express it anymore. So for me, a lot of it, originated in that until there's a book called the body keeps the score. I think it's a great read um, that helps us to see these aren't Christians writing this book, which I think that's a rabbit trail. I want to go down soon is why so much of this work is done by non-Christians. Yeah. And Christians aren't involved in this world at all. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I I had to read a book by non-Christian to figure out that your body stores bad things. Yeah. And it will come out. Yeah. And I've had a counselor tell me before too, you know, as a child, um, you know, you have fight or flight, you know, all those kind of instincts kick in. And so, and again, I think you, Mitch, even told me, you know, trauma can look different in so many different ways for us. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be, um, say like physical abuse or things like that. Like trauma is, it's trauma. We all experience it in different ways. And so a counselor had once told me, you know, like, if you experience something as a child, you learn to deal with it the best way you could right. with the resources you had at that point in your life, and that was the right thing to do. Right Now coming up as an adult, and if some of that stuff's resurfacing or it's manifesting in a different way, now we have more resources right. to kind of deal with those things. And I right. think that is why sometimes things from childhood now affect us. That's as right. adults, because we can cope with things better and in healthier ways. Mm. As a kid, it was healthy in that moment, but now we have some better ways to deal with it. Yeah, that's right. Fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Mm-hmm. Fawn is new, and I think you know, it probably not. It's new to a lot of ears. We know fight, flight, or freeze, but fawn is one. Even the mildest disruption in good things, you know, we fight. 
So it's where there's a there's a pushback, whether it's passive or active. There's a there's a there's a fighting it. Flight, run away from it. Yeah. It, it may be ignore ignoring it is fleeing. Mm-hmm. Um so there's there's all manner of fleeing. So there's flight, fight, freeze. I don't know how to handle it. She just sort of lock up. Yeah. Um and then fawn is this is this is the one that I, I see in a lot of I see in a lot of kids that we deal with around where we are right now. Uh it's become the class clown funny um be able to and and it's a mild form of maybe flight Mm -hmm. but you find ways to either laugh off have fun in uh or mute the negative coming at you and and that one is huge yeah and that's a coping mechanism that you develop yeah and so again as a kid it works for you sometimes that's right and it's all you know what to do but as an adult it's not always it's not it's not going to always be the healthiest way to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. So um, so our question is, um, what do we think about medicine? Yeah. So, Kayla, tell me your thoughts on, on medicine. Again, you know, um, I think sometimes there is a point in your life where you do need to be on something. That's been my personal experience. There right. were some, when I was at my deepest, darkest, darkest moments in the pit, I did need to be on something to help just alleviate me just a few levels, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I was still in survival mode. Things weren't helping me a significant amount. Um, ultimately, again, my goal was to get off medication. I don't, you know, I think um, a spiritual battle goes into it. Um, yeah, like physical exercise helps a lot, you know, dealing with some of these, you know, just kind of mental issues, like all those things your mental health, just how your self-talk, right? you know, like how I talk to myself is really important and something that I work on. Um, Mm. Boundaries, what you allow and what you don't allow. mm -hmm. Yeah. Like all of that plays into it. Um, And so again, for me, I think if I can work on those aspects and not be dependent on medication, that's the end goal. Um, because again, medicine always has different side effects. And so you're also battling that. And that's something, you know, you and your doctor obviously, you know, have to weigh and discuss. Is it, you know, I would go through phases of like weight gain with medicine, significant weight loss, um, just all sorts of, of crazy stuff. Um, I mean, some of these medications, you know, um, have an effect or a potential effect of like suicidal thoughts, you know? So you have to really think about like, do you, I guess sometimes want to risk some of those side effects to get the benefit of the drug. Right. Um, And I, and I will say this, like I have been on medicine before I've stopped at cold Turkey, which anyone listening, please don't do that. Um, (laughs) You need to talk to your doctor before changing doses or anything. That is really important because that medicines in your body. And when you just cut it out, whole turkey um i mean i had a really bad situation happen and so it's just that's not the way to go about it right yeah just stopping uh, and and even reading up on whatever you're taking is important because it'll tell you don't stop taking this cold turkey um although they don't say cold turkey we say cold (laughs) turkey don't just stop immediately taking it right um i have uh i got i got myself um in a really bad place because I didn't like the side effects of the initial medication I was given. Uh, and so I just stopped Mm -hmm. and then I started back, uh, half 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was devastating. Yeah. It was devastating. And it was the wrong medicine. I shouldn't have probably been on that medicine. I ended up switching doctors, but, and so I, I want to say first, anybody listening to this, we are pro get medicine if you need medicine. Yeah. I think it's huge. I think the right medicine really assisted me early on. Sure. Um, I do also want to say though, that medicine for some is the answer. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's all the time the answer. Yeah. I'm not sure it's the answer for everybody. I agree um, with that. And, and I, I think there are more factors that go into it. Um, let me say this first. If you're in a desperate place, get help. Yeah. If you're in a desperate place, whatever you do, get help. Mm-hmm. Reach out to a friend. Go to your doctor. Get help. Mm-hmm. Two, talk out things. I think yeah. uh, this this email talked about talk therapy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Talk is huge because it helps us to begin to express some things and get in a good therapist knows how to listen to what you're saying and dig into things that yes. are buried deep that need need to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, third, uh, pay attention to pay attention to your body. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with their assessment. There's been a stigma around this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Christian Christian circles for a long time, um, and I I think it's multifaceted. I think it's more than we can cover probably in one podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've there I've been afraid to talk about it. I've mentioned it some in passing at church on Sunday mornings. I've when I was coming back from crashing, I I expressed how I was embarrassed that I yeah. let myself get to that place, mm-hmm. and I am still embarrassed by that because that's not. I don't feel it's very manly to crash mm-hmm. and then to admit that you crashed because you didn't handle your personal health. Well, yeah. it's embarrassing. So, yeah, we don't talk about it because it's like, yeah, you crashed. Mm. <laughs> but there are multiple factors that go into that. So we don't talk about it well. Mm-hmm. So what has been your experience in dealing with that inside our circles? Um, you know, for me personally, sometimes I have a difficulty talking about it because here I am like, like I said, 11, 12 years into having depression. And I feel like because it is me, I should own this topic. I should understand it fully. And I don't, it's still a mystery to me in so many ways. And I have learned a lot about myself, um, through the years of counseling and all of that's been really helpful and useful to me. But that is sometimes why I shy away from talking about it because I feel like I should be authority on this topic because it's happening to me. I'm experiencing it. And yet I can't fully explain it very well right and so I shy away from talking about sometimes and that can be that can be a hurt to our community because sometimes there might be other people that feel that exact same way that are ashamed or embarrassed so they're not talking about it and if no one's talking about it then none of us are getting the help you know Um, and so I think it is something that we need to yeah uh, talk about more often yeah I I feel like growing up uh, in Christian subculture um this was one, and I will confess I've been guilty of saying, just I've been guilty until it happened to me that um, it's it's not that big a deal, uh, and if it is, it's a it's a personal weakness issue, probably not handling your business, uh, and I think uh, then then the false the false theology is that um, if you just pray, mm-hmm. you know, and you you go to church enough, and you have enough friends in your life, it's just going to get better. Um, And none of those things are bad, but none of them alone is a help. Mm -hmm. Um, Praying is vital. 
Yeah. But praying alone is not going to get you out of bad mental processes that contribute to your brain not functioning well. Mm -hmm. That's going to be some personal discipline and controlling your mind. That there's, um, gosh, there's so many things, Kayla, I want to talk about. Let me, let me, let me say this. Um, I've been on, uh, the generic version of Lexapro for, for a year. Um, I'm off. Um, I started, I asked my doctor about getting off and he told me no, Mm -hmm. but the side effects I was experiencing, I didn't like. Um, and, um, certain things were better. Some things were worse, Mm -hmm. but being, getting ready to go to a very rugged place in the world, I was a few months ahead. I was concerned. Okay. If I get, if this happens and I have to take this medication, these two don't interact well. Yes. And so that there's danger, right? So, because you have to be aware. There's certain things you can't eat, certain things you can eat, certain mm-hmm. things you can't drink, certain things you can drink, certain things you shouldn't take. If you give a cold, you want to take some cold medication on certain medications. You, you can't can. do that or you will blow yourself out. Yeah. And I'm going, okay, I'm in a rugged place in the world. If I get a bug and need to take this medication, these two don't interact. I'm going to kill myself. Mm-hmm. And so do I want to die of dysentery or die mm-hmm. of this bug or do I want to find a way to be in a place where if I have this problem, I can actually take this medicine and get better? Yeah. And I was, and my doctor said, don't do it. And I was like, mm. so I started weaning myself off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started titrating down um, and I was titrated down while I was there. Okay. And upon returning, I got to the place I just finally was able to stop. Yeah. And just tiny withdrawal symptoms, not mm-hmm. that bad, but I'm off. And I'm not depressed. Yeah. I'm not anxious. Um, and I think for me, medicine was a help. But medicine was a help to get me in a place where I could address, mm-hmm. for me, some root causes. Yeah. And so we're for medicine. Mm-hmm. But sometimes medicine isn't the the answer. It's a answer. It's, and it's never the only answer. That's right. Right? Like, if you do need to be on medicine and it is helpful, that is awesome that it's working for you. But, again, we have the spiritual aspect, you right. know, um, the mental aspect, you know, talk therapy, things like that, exercise, just all of these other areas. Medicine is a part of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of your care plan, but it's never should be the one thing you're depending on. Right. I completely agree. I, th- I think I think that's where, for me, it's a multi-pronged approach, mm-hmm. um, and I think full dependence on the medicine and ignoring the other parts is not healthy. Right. You know, you're spiritual. Mm-hmm. We have a real spiritual battle. There's really a Satan and demons who hate us um, that I think affect our self-talk. Yes. Um, affect boundaries, mm-hmm. um, all manner of things. Um, I think bad theology keeps us from the things we need. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had to fight my own poor theology when it comes to human interactions. Um, for some reason, I, I gained... It's hard to describe where this came from, but I I got this idea that the Christian life is boundaryless. Now, I wouldn't have used the word boundary then. Yeah, I learned boundaries. I learned what boundaries were. Dr. Henry Cloud taught me mm-hmm. boundaries. Uh, not him teaching me. I read his book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Henry Cloud, I've never been in the room with Henry Cloud. He taught me boundaries. But I had this funky idea that 
Christians were just supposed to anything goes. You're mm-hmm. supposed to receive anything and then stoically um, just suffer. Yeah. Well, because that's what Christians do. We just we take crap, mm-hmm. whether it's for the gospel or not. We just take crap and we take it from other people and we take it from Christians primarily, and we're just supposed to receive it. And it's like it's good. I'm suffering, and what I learned was that's stupid. Mm-hmm. That's actually stupid. That the whole idea that anybody can psychologically project and transfer onto us, mm-hmm. and we're just supposed to receive that. No. That's a sin, and it's their sin, not my sin. It's their sin, mm-hmm. and I don't have to receive that. I can say no. Yeah, I can block, delete, mute, mm-hmm. say no, ignore, and none of that is unchristian. And I would have told you maybe five years ago that's just not what Christians do. You're supposed to receive. That's part of being like Jesus is take crap off of people. Mm-hmm. It's what you do. And I'm like, no, that's actually destructive. And I think for some people listening, you need to hear it's okay to say no, block, mute, ignore, toxic people, say bye. Mm-hmm. There is no, I mean, look at Jesus, how he interacted with people. He loved sinners who were weak, but the powerful who abused sinners and the powerful who abused him, he said no. Yeah. He told them they were going to hell. Mm-hmm. It's like, try that one on for size. No, they'd make people mad at you, but they're already mad anyway. Yeah. So, Okay. And so for me, I've had to learn boundaries, particularly in a position of leadership. People feel like they can do anything they want to you, and you're just supposed to receive it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, negative. That's just not how that works. So I've gotten really good at saying no and blocking and muting people and telling people to go away. Yeah, that's good. And so that's not going to sound real Christian to some. But I used to think that wasn't Christian. Yeah. And Dr. Cloud taught me, no, it is Christian. I'm like, whoa. That helped my mental state, I would say, tenfold. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But then I, I had to get over feeling guilty. Right. For having a boundary. And once I got over guilty for having a boundary, I'm like, this is a good world. Yeah. Just, I bet that just like relieved you in yeah. so many ways. Yeah. Totally. Completely relieved. Like, that's just, this is incredible. That doesn't mean I have a right to be a jerk or I have a right to sin against other people. That's breaking their boundaries. Mm-hmm. That's because re- part of boundaries is recognizing, Kayla, you have a boundary. Mm-hmm. And I need to love you well enough to know what your boundaries are, and I don't need to transgress them because that would be sin on my part. Right? You know, even if it's like mild, it, it's still sin. Mm-hmm. If I transgress your boundary, I'm not caring enough about you, right? To not stay on this side of the fence that you set up. So that for me has been huge, and that helped me as I started getting better. I could feel my medicine affecting me negatively more than positively. Okay. So I, I went a long way around to say other things helped me to see medicine was not my full solution. Mm-hmm. It helped me for a short term, but as I got well mentally and emotionally, I started feeling the side effects of the medicine bad. And I was like, yeah. this is not my answer. So for me, it was emotional wellness, emotional maturity, mm-hmm. uh, mental maturity, and um, boundaries. Yeah, I started doing that, and I started feeling better. And then started feeling the side effects of the medicine going, this isn't good. Yeah. And so I decided to take myself off. I have a doctor appointment in a month, and he's going to be mad at me. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. I'm doing pretty good. There you go. Pretty, that may be my boundaries. Like, no, yeah. you can't come <laughs> over here. <laughs> you stay on that side I'm of the I'm done room. with you, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, Kayla, I shared a video with you the other day. I said this would be worth unpacking. Um, some statistics blew my mind in regard to medicine. And yeah. one of those from 1991 to 2018, 
there was a 3,000% increase in the use of SSRIs. Mm-hmm. 3,000% increase in SSRIs. In the same period of time, there was a 35% increase in suicides. Yeah. Those are not congruent. That bothered me when I heard that, and I was like, whoa, holy cow. So if that's the case, then the SSRI industry can't be the primary solution to depression and anxiety because mm-hmm. that shouldn't work, right? If, if mm-hmm. In fact, I think this is correct. 360 million population, is that correct? Do you remember this? I didn't write this down because I, I was, I'm a poor. I don't poor remember li- the numbers. Yeah, I don't remember so the numbers. Our population, said. whatever, 300 some odd million, 200 and some odd million are actually on SSRIs now. Yeah. Uh, so that's a 3,000% increase in the use of SSRIs, but a 35% increase in suicides. Those are just numbers don't work. Mm-hmm. Meaning, so there is an exponential increase in the need and prescription of, mm-hmm. and more people are dying. Yeah. It should be the opposite. Right. If the medicine is doing its job properly, you would think that those risks and those deaths would decrease. That's right. So I researched all my my medicine and I was reading uh, about, and and it it says it, like this may increase your suicidal thoughts. And I remember going, and again, I'm not anti-medicine. I'm just, Mm -hmm. I'm pro full information. Yeah. I need to know everything that's in front of me to make good decisions. Mm -hmm. And, And that made me nervous. Yeah, and I think probably all antidepressants probably have that disclaimer. Right. Um, And, yeah, I think the most recent medication I had been on, it wasn't an SSRI. It was a more old-school medicine. And, oh, man, I don't know if it was an M-A-O-R-I or something like that. Yeah. And it had a lot of food restrictions um, that went along with it and everything like that. But, yeah. yeah, that's really unfortunate that if more medicines being handed out, and again, sometimes I wonder if it's just more of um, here's the band aid right. again, and we're not getting to the the root cause of really what's going on with someone, and it's just a band aid. And what's tricky about medicine too is you might be on the right medicine, but you might be on the wrong dose. Right. And my journey had always been frustrating because you have to wait like a month or so to see if the medicine's working or what kind of side effects you have. And then at that point, it might be time to change the um, dosage. Right. And then at that point, you might realize, oh, yeah, this really isn't working. Okay, next next medicine. Then you got to titrate down off of that to start a new one, yeah. and that's a month, month. Yep, and now I'm four months down the road, and right. I'm on to a new medicine. And that was 10 years of my life almost, mm. was trying different medications. And sometimes I would be on them for a little bit, and right. they seemed to work okay. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, yeah, absolutely. nothing really worked for me very well. What's wild, my observation of you is uh, I, there's just a tangible difference. And mm. I, this word aura, I hate that word, yeah. but there's a feel of vibe we all give off. Mm-hmm. And whatever that is, I think God wired us that way. I think it's how the brain works. Yeah. But that's another talk. Um, your vibe is like chill and a good, like, in, like you're, I feel you're well. Yeah. That's really good to hear just from someone that knows me well. Yeah. And I've had a few other people within the past year or so comment about that to me. Mm. Even my best friend, you know, like, hey, this is the best you've been in a really long time. Mm. And it feels really good to hear that from people that do know me well because they've yeah. obviously noticed a difference too. Right. Um, 
Right. And some of it is sad because I'm like, man, okay, so these past years, I really wasn't, you know, in my best and I knew I wasn't. And right. sometimes you try to hide that from people, but yeah. your aura, you know, like <laughs> yeah. you're giving off a vibe whether, you yeah. know, you're trying to or not. And, um, but yeah. it is good to hear that. Yeah. yeah. There's a, a tangible difference. I know I, I gave off of, like I was trying to just buck up and do mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do and, and know I wasn't me. Yeah. All this was going off. Some of it biologically from the medicine side effects. Some of it is just dealing with it. Yeah. So all the energy to try to mask that so you can function uh, is a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. And and what I found is, uh, at least for me, as I've, as I've come down and come off, is uh, I feel my emotions. Like Now that I know what emotions are and can manage them, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. Even though that's painful sometimes. I don't like to feel emotions, but I... The acknowledging of what an emotion is and just kind of shrugging my shoulders. Well, okay, I'm feeling it. Yeah. It's crazy how much that makes it manageable. Yeah. I know that's really weird, but it's like that makes it manageable. Well, and there's energy that goes into trying to mask, you know, what you're right. feeling. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that wears you down. And again, there's a difference sometimes in being in a circle of friends that you're close with and being able to be truly vulnerable with them and kind of right. letting your guard down. You know, it's not walking through the grocery store, maybe, you know, uh, tears pouring down your face kind of <laughs> right. deal, right. you know, but right. um, there is an energy that goes into, if you are a hundred percent 24 seven trying to cover up your depression or just whatever is weighing you down, that's adding to the pain that you're in yes. versus, okay, Sitting in, this is how I'm feeling. Yeah. You know, I'm going to work on these things. That's um, right. Just being open and honest, even with yourself first and foremost, right. of how you really are experiencing those emotions. That's right. I had a, a good, a close friend uh, who I'm not going to call his name. I didn't give permission. I didn't ask permission. He didn't give it. You would know who he is. Who told me he had walked through some of this stuff. And he says, there's going to be days that suck. Mm-hmm. There's going to be bad days. And you're just going to have to shrug your shoulders and go, it sucks. Yeah. And just be okay with it sucking. And what I found is that the ability to do that and mean it is half the battle. Mm-hmm. And 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 he said, I'm going to tell you this, and you're only going to have to experience it. I can't make you experience it. You just have to find, get to the place where you can really not care. Mm-hmm. And you'll be surprised how much that helps. And lo and behold, when I got to like, I'm feeling this way, and I'm well, okay, it is what it is. It's like half of it went away. I'm like, wow, that's powerful. Yeah. And what I learned in that through his coaching is the Holy Spirit gift of fruit. It's not just a gift. Like he gives it like only when you do right stuff. Mm-hmm. But because he's in us, he dwells inside of us, we have a, an eternal well of self-control. Mm-hmm. Uh, self-control has been the uh, a treasure hidden in a field for me uh, that I didn't realize I had access to. And, and I know for some Christians this is weird because it sounds magic-y kind of stuff. Yeah. But the Bible's clear we have the Holy Spirit and we have self-control. And the ability to manage my thinking, mm-hmm. my emotions, is real. Like I actually possess that. Yeah. Now here's the crazy thing. I believe non-Christians have that because they're made in the image of God. Yes. This is where some people who get off the rails with this, they've experienced the power of self-control and realize it is powerful and they can manage their bodies mm-hmm. with with how they think and their self-talk how much more so those who have the holy spirit who energize and give life to that gift of self-control yeah. and i know that's funky talk for some people because i think as the 
as our questioner asked, um, there's a stigma against thinking Christianly about what's actually in the Bible. <laughs> and if we have self-control, why aren't we using it? Yeah. And so for me, the ability to manage my mind has affected my body in all manner of positive mm-hmm. ways. And again, that's not funky Scientology weird stuff. It's just Bible practiced and worked out. And so I've found that when my friend coaching me on how to manage my thinking was half of my, well, it was a hundred percent of my battle. Yeah. And it's self-discipline that goes into that. And those are some things that are great to talk about, you know, if you're going to counseling and and things like that, because you can start to notice what your self-talk is and you have opportunities every single day. Right. You have choices. You can talk to yourself one way or another Yeah, and you can have the self-discipline of I'm going to go down the rabbit hole this way or I'm going to take a stand yeah. and, you know, have self-control in in this other way. Yes, that is so amazingly huge. Like I can choose not to go down that dark hole. Yeah. I can choose that. That blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I had to fight feeling guilty. Like somehow, again, this is weird. This is just weird, dumb Christian stuff. Like I thought it was Christian to suffer on, on purpose. Like I yeah. thought it was Christianly to just receive that darkness and just be like Jesus by it sucking bad. And I'm mm-hmm. going, where did that? That's demonic. That didn't come from the Lord. didn't come from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact that I could choose the fruit of joy, even... If the circumstances were not right, yeah, I could choose joy. Still blows my mind, but it's it's a power we have, mm-hmm. Kayla, and it's it's made all the difference in the world for me. Yeah, choosing right. Philippians four seven eight gives us the instruction: whatever is pure, lovely, righteous, holy, all these good things. He says, whatever is worthy and excellent, think on them, mm-hmm. um, because God wired the universe the way He wired it. Yeah, He gave us those nuggets. I used to think. If I was having an emotion, I needed to, like, sit in that emotion, kind of like you said, yeah, just sit in there right. instead of, again, I have that self-control and or need to have that self-control and those decision-making skills of, okay, I'm going to recognize that this is going on in my body or my mind, right. but, again, I can choose joy. I can choose to think about it in a, a different way, that's right. um, and that's re- that has been really powerful yeah it's hugely powerful uh, the 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 number one most helpful thing for me the past two years uh came along eight ten months ago uh dr caroline leaf wrote a book called um managing my mental mess okay um i totally think i just jacked that title um making sense anyway Google it. I should have the book in front of me. I've read it twice. Okay. I listened to her podcast. I just and I hope she doesn't hear this. I don't know why she would. We're irrelevant. Um, only the people in our church and a few others listen to this podcast. Anyway, um, she's a terrible public speaker. So her podcast is hard to listen to, but she's brilliant. Um, and then people probably say you're terrible to listen to also. So I'm sorry, Doctor Leaf. But the book is brilliant. She's a research psychologist. She's a she's a PhD. Uh, she's an MD. She's at all the D's. Okay. And she's cut her teeth in clinical inpatient psychiatry. Mm. So we're not talking about a dummy. Mm-hmm. She's also a Christian. Okay. Um, and in her book, you're not going to get any Bible verses. It's not going to come off as Christians. It's just science. And when I say science, I don't mean it like the left means science, like <laughs> trying to prove their point until science isn't, you know good for them and they ignore science but i'm talking this woman has done her research and 
Um, and the first half of the book is very sciencey. And she tells you, hang in there. You need to know this information. But while you're learning this information, it's actually helping your brain heal. Because you're learning how your brain's working, but it's causing your brain to have to work. Mm -hmm. So it's growing new new neuropathways. And one of the things she talks about in there is the whole myth that it takes like 20-whatever days to establish a new habit. Yeah, It's actually 63 days to grow a new neuropathway in the brain. It's a 63-day cycle. And uh, that's not just habit, it's a new neuropathway. So in other words, to cause a dendrite, these, these things that grow, they're, they're how chemicals and how thoughts and all these things come together, these n- nerves start growing tentacles. And it literally looks like a little tree. Mm-hmm. And so there's flowers at the top, there's a stem, and then there are roots. These roots grow, and they grow based on our thinking. That's fascinating. Fascinating. (laughs) I'm telling you, you need to read the book. There are pictures, all kinds of stuff, and all the different kinds of brain waves and the hemisphere of the brain, how how it talks to to each half, each half talks to each other, is determined by how we think Mm -hmm. and what we're putting into it and how we're managing our our mind. So she goes into great depth on the difference between the mind and the body, how the body houses the mind. Mm -hmm. The mind is that capacity to think and choose and make good decisions and um and then she goes in the second half on how to control that the second half of the book is called the neurocycle the neurocycle are these five steps and i'm not going to tell all they are go read the book because you need everybody needs to read the book healthy or unhealthy you need to read the stinking book so part of my journaling every day is work through these five steps and it's the first one's just i'm probably going to tell them (laughs) observe i'm going to use her language observe like how am i feeling what's going on um the next part is to ask the why question why is that there and so it makes you dig, it makes you reflect and dig into why that's there. And you write it down. The third step is write. So write this stuff out. Neurologically, your fingers and all the fine neurofibers in your fingers are wired to your brain so that as you're moving a pen or pencil or whatever you're doing or even typing, your brain's working. Yeah. And the various waves in the brain are starting to engage. Mm-hmm. And then and then you work yourself into reimagining what would this be like if, and then the last part's any tangible action you need to take to make that happen. Okay. And crazy thing about that is that 63-day cycle works. Yeah. It works. So I tell anybody who asks this issue, go read that book by Dr. Caroline Leaf. Practice those five steps in the neurocycle. Make it part of your daily habit. I'm convinced that's part of our spiritual development and growth is self-control isn't just managing Physically, I don't sin. Mm-hmm. I don't go out and you know go down the street and buy some drugs or sell drugs. I'm not sinning, but it's managing the intangibles. Yeah. So my spiritual journey is also managing my thoughts, mm-hmm. my boundaries, um, even acknowledging whether or not that emotion's real. Sometimes I have emotions that aren't real. Yeah. They're influenced by false things and lies. So just because I feel it doesn't make it legitimate. Sometimes it is legitimate, and only walking through this process have I learned to know that's a lie. Yeah, that is projection and transference from some other source has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit's work in me right now. And the dangerous thing for me is I have a tendency to feel everything is the work of God. So even condemnation, mm. oh God's getting me back. Nope, that's projection and transference from outside. And I'm telling you, it's made all the difference in the world. So. Kayla, you can go read the book. It'll yeah, be I'm going you. to. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Go get I'm it. I'm always intrigued more like cerebrally, you know, yeah. um, 
getting into a little bit more of that science explanation of how some of this stuff works. So yeah. I definitely will read yeah. that book for sure. And, and working that through with my, my therapist and mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer goes, we go together and work through that stuff so you can hold me accountable to thinking, right? She's yeah. the most healthy individual I know. She's like, yeah, that's kind of the way it works. I've been doing that since day one, Mitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where have you been at, honey? Yeah. Well, <laughs> how does your brain work? <laughs> I've not been well. That's how I've, it's just a, it's, I can't believe I made it 50 years. Uh, but um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that's that's a little bit of, of uh, there's so much. Uh, Kayla, do you have any thoughts? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get us to the place. We probably need to start wrapping up. Um, what are some thoughts that you have to, to maybe wrap us up? Some things you haven't said you want to say? Um. Again, just kind of to recap, like we've said, you know, um, Mitch and I are pro-medicine, if Mm -hmm. that's what you need. Um, I really hope you don't feel ashamed or embarrassed for needing it, because again, it's just part of your care plan. Right. Um, Just like reading the Bible is, just like being in prayer, exercising, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, I would say from the perspective of medication and stuff like that i found it more helpful seeing an actual psychiatrist who knows the medicines in and out a little bit better than family doctors typically do um but that's not everyone's experience but again i dealt with it for so long i needed someone that was a little bit more of an expert in the field Mm. um i found that to be a little bit more helpful um that's huge. Yeah. And again, therapy, I think Christian counseling for me has been a really big part of my journey because again, that has helped me dig into how I talk to myself, you know, kind of, again, more of the mental health aspect of it. How am I mentally thinking through all of this? And, um, that's been a a huge part of it. That's awesome. Good deal. Well, thank you for taking time to come in today. It's been a pleasure to have you in here. Yeah, I've been, yeah. Glad and honored that um, I got to talk about some of this with you. It's good to see you and glad you're doing well. Yeah, you too. Let's keep grinding it out. You keep holding me accountable, making sure I'm doing the right stuff. I'll do the same with you. If you're listening and have questions, if you would like us to follow up maybe on something you heard us say today, send us an email at theologyandthedirt at gmail.com. I get those, look through those, and and many of your questions are the topics of what we talk about. So please, uh, please hit us up, and we'll have Kayla back in, and we'll talk about it more. If you have other questions you want us to talk about on Theology in the Dirt, uh, send them to us at theologyinthedirt at gmail.com, and we are glad to talk about those things. In the meantime, keep practicing your faith in the public square of your home, your city, and your world. And as you do that, uh, see the glory of God advance to all nations. For the glorious name of Jesus Christ and the salvation of the nations and keep diving into what it looks like at every micro level to follow Jesus. Grace and peace to you. Y'all have a great day. Talk to you later. Out.